Hello everyone, welcome back to the Carlton Rap Podcast, joined again by Ari Stamatakos as always. Look, a very hard loss to take, and if you're like myself who just experienced your basketball team losing in the NBA Finals, it's been a really rough 24 hours, um, but we're here to dissect it all, talk it through. We've already talked a lot, there's a lot of talking points to go over, but um, give me your initial thoughts, how are you feeling, morning, after? um uh, it's like a bad hangover <laughs> i just yeah it sucked it, it hasn't i mean i thought it would by now have just kind of like relaxed and like kind of just like mellowed down and we'll just move on but it hasn't um maybe maybe tonight once more footy happens and i can take my mind off things um but no nah, it's still still hard to take especially considering the potential repercussions of this game in terms of the eight and all this stuff so yeah well like i said a lot of talking points and we'll start with the game but you know twitter is something we need to talk about and we've got a lot of talking points on this you you talk more on twitter than i do but i'm still i'm i'm still you know pretty engaged and i look at a lot of things and then, you know, a couple of things have happened since last night's game, which I think are worth touching on as just a general social media topic in general. But let's start at the game. And you're at the game. I was watching on TV. Terrible conditions. Yeah. Thursday sure. night. Shocking. It was, I mean, it rained and I didn't think it rained. The radar said no rain. I don't think the players expected rain. Um, but it was, it was blustering sideways left right upside down at, at stages as well but um nah at, at stages it was shocking to watch and it was quite clearly shocking to play in as well well look I, and we didn't expect that maybe no. richmond did because they seemed to just play the conditions well, they just adapted quicker than we did and yeah you know there's a, like i said a lot of talking points but let's let's start it the conditions itself and the way we played went into quarter time down 20 to 4 and look even with quite a terrible quarter at least we was we hadn't kicked ourselves out of a game with four behinds but that got out to 39 to 4 and even if we tried to mount a comeback which we did it was just a lot harder than what it should have been because in the wet well my my general theory with the wet is whatever the margin is put two goals on it and that's what it would be in dry weather yeah yeah, it really sucked. What were you like? I mean, first quarter, how were you feeling about the way we were playing? Were you expecting a change? Because I was certainly expecting a Voss talk up at quarter time and then something to change. Well, we have our notorious, really good second quarters. Um, so I was kind of banking on that to get us out of danger. But I didn't really think we. People say we play the conditions poorly. We still had four scoring shots. In the first quarter and they were gettable ones as at that i know walsh had one that was gettable i think nunes had one that was gettable and probably in dry conditions we go into quarter time maybe three goals one instead of zero four so take some solace in, in in that aspect i think defensively was the main issue i feel like everything fo- forward half of the ball barring maybe forward movement and something that i noticed because i was sitting level four Ball like kind of behind the goals, but in the pocket. 
the movement from Harry and Charlie in the wet and even Jack Martin at times was strange. I think he's – I don't want to call it bad because, I mean, they're like elite sportsmen and elite key forwards, but it was strange. They had Nathan Broad and Vlostone being as that spare in defence and we didn't really try and change the way we were moving the ball inside 50. It was kind It was kind of if we tried to kick along and try to get territory and play the traditional way that you're meant to play in the wet, it would have gone to a two-on-one every single time. And as much as Charlie and Harry are gods, I doubt they would have. They would at least halve it. Um, but, yeah, I feel like we played – we quite clearly played better in the dry. I feel like that's – like a unanimous consensus there well i mean that was actually something i was going to bring up because on i mean that's what i kept reading you know over handballing it but i guess when you're watching on tv you think well how they set up in front of the ball because that that was what i was feeling is that well they're handballing it because obviously nothing's happening up forward what were your thoughts regarding the small forwards because i thought they were the most crucial part to beat in Richmond, and they seem to be in round one. Yeah, you know, you know Durden had to move up quite a lot, and when we needed them deep inside 50, I just don't think they were there. What did you make of him in the end? I feel like they had it down, both him and always have had it down maybe month, maybe since the Sydney game. I mean, Sydney game, they were exceptional. Maybe Collingwood, Essendon, and then tonight, or last night. Um, yeah, they just weren't, they, I feel like they're they're struggling to read the ball off the packs a lot, um, or they're just struggling to do that. I think I think it might be Nathan Brown or David King, one of them, um, one of these esteemed an, 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 an analysis people, or whatever they're called. Um, they they spoke heavily, especially after the Sydney game, of our like post clearance stoppage work. So you like. The second, so if you're using in a soccer term, like the second ball. So from the source, we either win the clearance or lose the clearance. But regardless of wherever that next ball goes, we have the numbers everywhere, both at the front, at the back, and we're swarming that second ball, that second stoppage. We, I feel like Richmond, we were able to get the ball out a lot, like it just at at ease in the in especially especially in the wet, they were just able to get the ball out so comfortably. And our smalls didn't really have an impact. 76 inside 50s conceded. Um, I mean, that's... I, I, I'm going to take a guess and say that's probably the worst all year, unless there's another game yeah, you can be. think of. It probably would be the worst. I mean, this is going to be a problem, really, until you get your full team back. And I don't... I don't want to put too much blame on that back line that had... Probably not much experience when you look at it average games-wise. Durden, you know, he was average, but what do we expect out of a bloke who's been there for 14 days? I, it's Yeah, yeah you can't you can't expect Jacob Wiedering to be reincarnated. Like, it's not going to happen. And also, he's playing on Jack Rivot and Tom Lynch. Like, next week next week he's playing on Matt Tavern and Rory Lobb. Like, yeah. there's differences there, you know? And, and Jack Rivot's someone who smells a mismatch or smells inexperience will punish you every single time because he's just that experienced, right? But, um, yeah, it was a baptism of fire. Can't blame Sam Durden, Sam Durden at all. Well, I, I guess the source of that problem comes from Senate clearances because if you're not yeah, winning those clearances, 
more than you know you're going to concede those inside 50s look i don't think our actual like midfield in a whole has been affected that much by injuries and i'm surprised they've dropped as much form as they have yeah and i think they still need a lot and i think with that change in coaching personnel they only really had time to set up for a plan a and they don't think they've really developed a plan b yet and it's really going to kill us until it happens i think and this is the result of it having no plan b completely hoping the center clearance will happen that's how we get our entries Uh, but i think along with that the winners are an issue that need to be addressed in my eyes and you know why i'm saying that you know and okay look a lot of people say Lockie o'brien played played a good game and okay uh, before you start if you were to give a rating out of 10 for Lockie o'brien what would it be just try and think as rationally as possible. Uh, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd say 6.5. Okay. Like it, what? Because he was, you know, okay, I'll tell you how our game was that he was still one of our better players. But yeah, he was, yeah. it just, look, I just think he, like, to have him there. Yeah, and I tweeted about this is the only tweet I did the night that spatial awareness is just really, really poor. And the amount of times where he had an opponent that was not too far from him and he just jogs over, easy uncontested mark. You know, he'll get the ball in contested areas, just pump it out to absolutely no one. Frustrates me, just frustrates me. Because, man, and I said this in a couple of episodes ago, I said he's just got to fix up that real, like, second effort one percenter type stuff and he's there but he's not i think that frustrated me other side of the wind cottrell i think played pretty similar to the way o'brien did they yeah i thought yeah i thought he played well i never knew i thought i thought they all played their game like they all just did what they did like they didn't play exceptionally poorly or they didn't play exceptionally well it was just kind of a, like you said, 6.5, 7 out of 10 at the maximum for all three. But, yeah. Yeah, uh, they got their hands on the ball a lot, which is what we needed, especially when we weren't doing much out of the middle. They yeah. put themselves in the game, really established themselves on the wing. And I, it's just, will they win us games of football, those two? Who? Probably not. Cottrell and, and O'Brien. I think O'Brien. Not, can. not individually. Not individually. I just like having those two on the win. Will they? Mm. Will they really give us a terrific chance against these top teams? Out of ten times. Well, it's it's that thing at their best, yes, but at their worst, definitely not. And and their worst and their best, the golf is so different. And I mean that that's probably a microcosm of the whole team. Our best is the best in the comp that I've seen this year. At, by like that, uh, watch that second quarter against Sydney again. That is the best quarter of football I've seen from any team all year. It, is, it was ridiculous, and that's from every single player. But then again, watch the the first sixty minutes of last night. That was one of the worst I've ever seen this season from a team. It was. Just, to back up my statement, so I don't seem like I'm just, uh, I don't like O'Brien. I'm not <laughs> hiding from that fact. And I give him credit where credit's due. And he has very good attributes. But 
50% disposal efficiency. And yes, it was wet, but there were also about, from the looks of it, about 15 or 16 players that had better disposal efficiency than them. So it can't be blamed on the rain. It is a problem, I believe. Just frustrates me. Just frustrates me. I don't know how long it will take me for to just like him, enjoy him, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just... And it's not... It wasn't just him. I just... Yeah. You know, it wasn't just him. There yeah. were a lot of poor performances yesterday. And I guess let's talk about those poor performances so it just doesn't seem like I'm <laughs> shitting on O'Brien here. Zach Fisher, uh, I thought... Uh, I mean, uh, my yeah. mind, when you said poor performance, my, my mind went to Jack Martin. Jack Martin. Jack Martin, Zach. I, yeah, Jack Martin, definitely. But, I just thought yeah, we're going on that half forward. Stance. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was a game where it was the worst game to be a half forward you could, yeah. you could imagine. Because the ball wasn't getting kicked there well. Like, like when Zach Fisher and Jack Martin are in the game is when they're the delivery to them is exceptional because they're not like Harry and Charlie where they can make a 5 out of 10 kick, look a 10 out of 10 kick because they're ridiculously good. They need a lot of things to go right for them. So last night wasn't exactly the game for them. I feel like Zach Fisher played a lot of midfield minutes. I think that was maybe to counteract Shea Bolton because Shea Bolton's very quick. Zach Fisher, while he's while he's not lightning quick, he's got some pace about him. So, yeah. Um, although I think Jack Martin's game has to be dissected a little bit more. Well, on Jack Martin, uh, listening to Terry's fan games, I saw a lot of people were really adamant on dropping him. But can we afford it? Like, who do you bring in? Well, that's that's yeah. Can you afford to drop not a what? guy who? Well. I mean, I mean, we we played our best footy with Dirt and Owies Motlop, no? I I agree. Yeah, well, that's the problem with Jack Martin, and you you are you taking a risk on him every single game he plays because his hot is extremely hot, but he yeah. doesn't have a middle. It's just hot or cold, and the yeah. cold is like the cold is without a half forward. Yeah, yeah, cold is playing with seventeen blokes. So, well, yeah, I mean. There's no one to take out, unless Motlop. Well, he did get subbed out. Well, he did. I don't he even did. know what it was for. All I know is Durden's was for some knee Durden's was a like a a like I think he tackled someone and they fell on him. That, I saw that instant. Yeah. That was okay. late in the last quarter. Well, I don't, I don't know what Motlop, I don't know what happened with Martin, but I mean he should get dropped. He should get at least dropped from injury perspective, though. No? If he got subbed out. Well, yes. Look, it'd be frustrating if Motlop doesn't tear it up in the reserves tonight because I feel like if that is the case, like I'd want him to come in in good form. Yeah. Even if even if Martin gets dropped based off last night. Well, you can't bring Fogarty in because he came on and did precisely nothing. Nothing, well. I think that's fact. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. There you go. I can't remember who said this, but oh, this this tweet was so funny. It was thank God we've got Lockie Fogarty as a sub in case we need an extra injection of vanilla in our team. I thought that's great. That is so good. No disrespect, Lockie, but just find just find something, find some X Factor. But um, yeah, he didn't. He came on, didn't really have any impact. Yeah, 
Which is, I, I sort of thought, I saw him as a sub and I actually thought it wasn't a bad sub purely because playing small against Richmond tends to work, but... Yeah, fighting for the fire, yeah. But I guess in that, when the game is like it was in terms of conditions and everything, I don't know, I just don't think it... Yeah. I don't think it was... Not smart. to happen. But let's work on, uh, let's move on to who turned up in the end and Harry kicked four and then the rest were singles. Shakara, Harry Mackay kicks four. I mean, he's killing it in the wet. Like, tall I mean, forwards shouldn't have a good game in the wet. That's good. That's stuff. good. And if any forward from our team is going to have a good game in the wet, it'd be Charlie. Yeah. yeah. But to say Harry kicked four and really destroy Robbie Tarrant, especially in the last quarter. Um, that banana from the boundary was chef's kiss. That was gorgeous. It was good. Um, but yeah, played well. I feel like one of those things. If he kicks four in the first half, he probably win. Or if, or if he, or if his four goals come, two in the first quarter, one in the second, one in the third, and then he has the fourth quarter of just like whatever, kicks maybe one or two, then we probably win the game. It's just that all these four goals came in the last quarter or. Three of them came in the last quarter. Cripps and Walsh were top disposal getters, 34. Um, and it's odd. Like, I think it goes back to the sort of the set and clearance in here. I think because we got smashed so badly, their games got a bit mellowed by that. Yeah. What did you think of it in the end? Because, like, Walsh, I thought Walsh was really Walsh good. was hot really early as well. He got, yeah. like, 11 touches within the first 11 minutes. Um, and, he was, and he was damaging. Not maybe not damaging in terms of like hitting inside fifties, but he was at least doing something with the ball. Cripps, I mean, I think Joe Joe Adamo did put a well on on the fan cams. I think he had thirty four touches, but he's something like seventy nine super coach points. Which I know it's a game, but it's a pretty good tell of efficiency. And I think he, I think they said that he had ten clangers. So, mm. so I mean. I'd rather Cripps get 34 and 10 clangers than have 15 and do precisely fuck all with the ball. Yeah. But, yeah, I just feel like maybe it was a victim of we just need to do something. So they would, they would try to get the Hollywood pass every single time. Sam Doherty, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, he would probably be man of the match, Carlton-wise at least. Yeah. Would you agree? I mean, he stood up, especially that last quarter. I mean, yeah. Took a couple not... of really good marks. Quickly check how many intercept marks he did have, but I'd assume he probably would have racked up quite a few in the end. I can even find it here, but intercepts. He had 10 rebound 50s, 11 marks. And nine in the end. It's nine intercepts, I'm sure, intercept marks. Saad had 15 intercepts. Actually, player that I've just seen here, Jordan Boyd, let's talk about him yes. because I, I have been not very pleased with him purely just because I don't think he's up to the standard, but he had a very good game. Yes. So you've got to give him credit for that. He had a very, very good game. He's, I mean, he really stood up, and I was surprised seeing the impact he made. You know, I feel like every time he touches the ball, I'm just waiting for a turnover to happen. He's just one of those players where you're never sure what's really going to happen, but he created, he cre- even created, like, inside 50, yeah. like, effective inside 50 entries, which you know, that, that's an extra for yeah. rolling half back. So that was, yeah, 
best game for him so far. Yeah, no doubt. And, w- and when you think of Jordan Boyd, you think of like a player that would be like in the lucky plowman mould, which is very defensive. But like you said, he was pushing up the ground, kicking inside 50, trying to create something. So, yeah, I was very, very pleased with his game. He's tough, tenacious, and he's starting to find his feet with his ball use. I feel like people, I mean, myself included in that, judged him a little bit early with his ball use, especially at AFL standard. First game of AFL, second, third game of AFL, especially when you're not a top 20 pick. You're going to shoot yourself every time you get the ball, right? So you just need to find his feet. And now he's finding his feet. He's playing some really good footy. So I'm really pleased, really pleased with that. Well, I mean, I think that's where we should leave it player-wise because, I mean, that's the thing with the loss. It's really so yeah. much you can talk about. And most of them play the same. They don't. They play pretty average. I mean, let's – okay, let's go – let's take the umpiring route. And <laughs> – Look, that, I, were, that were brilliant. I don't know what you're talking about. As much as it, you know, I, I try to stay away from it when it, you know, I, I can accept losing when you lose a game fair and square. And we didn't play, I think Richmond played better than us over four quarters. They deserve to win. No problem. But do I think they won the game fair and square? No, I didn't. And started from the first quarter, I just thought, you know, the Lynch free kick. Yeah, he did not tickle much there. Brain and no high tackle there. I mean, the trip. The trip, yes. It just, they they set these precedents and do not stay consistent with them at yeah. all. Yeah. It, it drove I me mean, nuts. Yeah, it was very frustrating. Very, very frustrating because I, I want to say that they had a direct impact on the result of the game. And the reason I say that is because you can say, oh, the Tigers won by three goals. Yes, they did win by three goals. And yes, Carlton kicked like a bunch of 12-year-olds at times, being 0-4 in the first quarter is an example of that. And yes, we didn't acclimatise to, to the conditions. And yes, all this stuff is a factor. However, when you... when you pl- Let's take the Jack Noon's goal. For example, I know that's not directly the umpires, but no, I'm still giving that as an umpire error. That's a twelve. That's a twelve point play. They go up the other and kick a goal. And yes, you can say Carlton should have defended better, but that is a direct cause of a, of an umpiring mistake, in my opinion. I don't understand how that is a clear overall for for touched. I don't. I don't get that. I don't get that. Secondly, let's just take the Tom Lynch free kick as an example. The the, the Tom Lynch non decision on Adam Saad, right? Adam Saad goes down in a heap. Just to put that in context, that if that were, if that happened in a UFC fight, the fight probably gets called off. Put it into context about, about how bad that eye poke was. Michael Williamson, um, Michael Wilson, sorry, captured it brilliantly. Um, it is a jarring photo on his Twitter. Um, but that caused a goal, and not only does that cause a goal, it doesn't just cause six points to tick on the scoreboard. It causes a change in mentality straight away. Every single goal has a much bigger impact than just six points. Like, like, like I just said with the Jack Nunes goal. Jack Nunes, if that goal stands, Carlton probably win the game. It's three points. We would have romped at home. I think 90, 90% of people thought, all right, if this goal stands, they're going to keep on with it. Like we did in round one. This However, might just be... No, okay, sorry. Go, go. They go up the other end, kick a goal, game over. Game over from there. Yeah. It's a mentality. I mean, everyone thing. felt that. Yeah, it everyone was, felt that. 
I don't know. This might just be like the sore loser in me talking, but I get the idea that Richmond claimed that was touch when it really wasn't just to halt our momentum. Oh, yeah, no. I don't blame because them for that at all, no. I just, like, it's, it's just frustrating watching it. And it was worse watching at home because you go to an ad break and you're on this high and you come back and they're showing a review oh, and it's like, yeah. it's like, what? Like, what now? What yeah. now? I really couldn't understand it. And uh, who was it? Was it? Uh, broad. 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 He, his three fingers that did not touch the ball moved like that. And then the others did not move. Yeah. So, and I was like. Yeah. I, so I don't, like, yeah. Like you said, I don't blame them for calling touch. For like appealing that I was touched. That's gamesmanship. You do that. You try and do yeah. everything you can to win. I don't blame I don't blame them for doing that at all. I would have done the same thing if 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 it's up the other end and Plowman does that, we're all lauding him, right? I don't have a problem with yeah. that. Yeah, that's you know, it's fair. And, and, and in the same vein, I don't have a problem with players ducking for free kicks. It's gamesmanship. Blame the umpires for giving it high tackle when he's ducked to the guy's knees. Like use yeah. a bit of nuance in your decisions. Please. I think what I think what hurt us more with that like play after that goal was when Doc got pushed in the back right in front of the umpire play on. Maybe it wasn't, but initial viewing, it looked like he got shoved right in the back. Yeah. Did it? I mean, where I don't know where you were sitting. I was I was down the other end. So put it in perspective, I saw the Japanese goal, see right the ball was, really. Go th- right through the sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was, yeah. Like I was sitting in that pocket, like to the right hand side of the Richmond Cheer squad. If you're facing yeah. the ground, so the Doherty push happened the complete opposite direction for me. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't even appealing at that stage because I was like, of course, I'm not going to give it. That just killed me inside. I was it broke. Like, it broke me. It wasn't the goal. It was that. It was like, you know, just everything that happened. It reminded me of last like... year. It reminded me of last year when, and it was different because it got stolen from us. We didn't do it to ourselves. Yeah. It got stolen uh, from us. And whereas last year we'd, we'd be four goals down, we'd kick three in a row, it'd be back within three points, and then we'd do something dumb and they'd go up down and kick sure. a goal. Whereas it wasn't, it wasn't our fault. Like, that goal should have stood, and that sinking feeling of it getting ripped out of our hearts again—it's like fuck. I thought we were, I thought we were past this. I thought this was David T football. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It just it just sucked, and like you know, like I said, Richmond with a better team over four quarters. If you get out to a thirty-five point lead, your problem. You deserve like yeah, you put yourself yeah. in that position. So yeah. I'm not. Saying we like well, we put, played better and lost. Yeah, just like Richmond against Sydney, they yeah. they blew a thirty-five point lead and probably should have gotten a draw, in my opinion. I mean, barring a Dion Presti, so, they can kick yeah. it from fifty. But like, it's a swings around the bounce. Like, swings it swings around the bounce, I guess. Let's. Uh, I mean, let let's talk about a couple more things. Let's talk about Shy Bolton, which. We've got a lot of talk about that. And then this links into our life. Right, I mean, we'll talk about Twitter and then we'll preview Fremantle, I guess. That's it. Let's start with Bolton. I mean... No. Look, I don't... I don't... I wasn't, like, pissed off, but it's just, like... I was. Mate, like, 
context, like you've just knocked off a like a injury ridden Carlton side. But but that was in the in the early and, in the first quarter. That was the first goal of the last quarter. So it's not like they had the game. Yeah. Won. Well, that's. Oh, I thought it, they did. Well, I thought they did at least, but yeah, but I but can like, get why he did it. it. Like, okay, Jack Ginevan, it celebrates early when he kicks a goal against Freo. The game's done. He kicks out five yeah. goals with however many minutes left in the wet. The game's done. Yeah. If Shea Bolton does that with a minute to go, and the, and they'll put some three goals up, then fine. Like maybe not fine, but I can understand why you would at least think of doing that. But. Relax, mate. It, it, it's still five goals early in the first quarter. Carlton could kick ten goals in ten minutes if they wanted to. We're that good at, at our best. So, like, yeah. I just thought... Okay, well, this is where we move to Twitter. And do we have to? Well, we do, we do because there's a lot to <laughs> there's a lot to go on. And you got a you your tweet got up last night, and you know it event. After circumstance, that to be taken down. But I think the overall story is that people seriously just cannot understand perspective. It is just, if you tweet something bad, you are a racist. You are are a terrible person for saying something bad about X, Y, Z person. Not even saying something bad. Saying something that could be perceived as bad. That's, That's the key thing. If, if I say something to you over this medium, you, my speech, this is the problem with Twitter. This is the problem with Twitter. This is the problem with Facebook. It's a problem with Instagram. It's a problem with a lot of, this is a problem with social media. If I say something to you right now, you can take everything that's not just the words I'm saying into perspective when calculating what I've just said means in your head. It's like my facial expression, my tone, my hand signals, whatever, whether I'm laughing, whether I'm being serious, whatever. Over Twitter, it is words. And these words, to some people, have no other meaning than their literal definition. There's no nuance in them, which <laughs> causes arguments, put it that way. I mean, uh, so this is, I mean, Shy Bolton really exploded Twitter last night. I think that's a fair way to say. And, yeah, not for the first you time. You know, not for the first time. I mean, it was just. A lot said about him, just the behaviour about it in general. And it can I put it this way: I didn't see anything that was inherently, objectively, a racist or b offensive. I didn't see anything that was either of those two things in an objective manner. That was fact, which you can't. In what I mean by that is, if you are offensive in an extreme manner that is fact if you are racist in an extreme well if you're racist in general rather that is fact but there was nothing that i saw that was inherently either of those two things nothing that i saw that could have been but i didn't see anything i mean let's move on to the other side which was people who said anything about it got attacked for it so it wasn't necessarily people having to go it was the people who had a go at him that were getting, you know, getting sprayed for it. And well, I mean, I think it's worth talking about this just in general because this tells you about the people that are on Twitter. And this is Jasmina, who a lot yes. more Carlton fans have probably got to know on Twitter because she's a 
you know, I wouldn't say big. I'd say quite tremendous Caleb Marchpeak <laughs> supporter. And she's gained a lot of, you know, traction over the last couple of weeks. And we were saying, like, we, we didn't know who she was until Marchbank debuted. So she's got a, quite a lot of tension. And I don't remember what she said. She said something about Shy Bolton, but was not on... Something that like... has been said by a million of other people before, about a million other players. So... You know, look, I can understand if you're a Richmond fan, you would get pissed off saying that. You would defend the player 100%. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. If someone had a go at Will Satterfield, man, would I be on their case and defend the shit out of him. But and with Lockie Plowman on my own. Exactly. <laughs> the, the start, I mean, she had to turn her account on private this morning, which that's, you know. That's bad, and I, I don't, you know, I don't. I've never talked to her one on one before, but what she was saying privately on Twitter, or just on when she turned it to private, people were attacking personal events that happened in her life, her as an individual, over something she said about a football player. It's one of those things where, once again, why Twitter is can sometimes be the best place in terms of a lot of other things it can be really good but more often than not it can be the worst place because it's it's people going too far on purpose attacking maybe not i'm sorry criticizing someone's opinion is more than warranted more than warranted that's why opinions exist because to criticize them huh i've had my opinion criticized on many occasions Particularly about Lockie Plowman, right? That's fine. I can I can accept that. People want to call me names. That's fine. I can accept that. I'm a big boy. I can take it. Just like you can. Just like a lot of people can, right? If people start attacking, like, viscerally and passionately attacking personal things that are completely unrelated, that's when it goes too far. Because that's premeditated. And that is... There's thought behind that. I I I just don't understand. I don't understand the intention behind it. There is no and to, be, to be a dick. That's what the intention is. Uh, I mean, it's like I don't know. It just baffled me last night because when you're at home watching it, I mean, at least me, I just stick, you know, I just check Twitter every two minutes and every umpiring call. You go to the hashtag and look at latest and see what people are saying, but. Personally, I think it's our generation that has fucked it up, and because we have our generation is a lot of taunting, I've noticed, and I think it's yeah, and it's spread. Yeah, that's why I don't respond. That's why, particularly me, I've learnt now to try not to respond as big as much as possible because that's all they want. If I say something about who, whatever, whatever player, Tom Hawkins, let's say Tom Hawkins. And some Geelong supporter comes at me calling me a fucking idiot or whatever. They say that because they want me to respond and they want to get into an argument because they think it's funny. So so that's why I I do either stay off like I don't I try not to respond to people I don't know. Or or I try to respond in a civil manner and only respond to people who I know can have a genuine converse an argument with. Or like a back and like if if I say something and you disagree, for example, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be about support, whatever. And you tweet back at me saying, I disagree with this. I will then respond to you because I know that we can have a civil conversation because we're both good people and uh, intelligent people, right? 
other people can't and other people just want to bait for no reason it's just a weird thing and i like i was just thinking about it today and like you know we both get emotional watching football but it's like like holy shit like did people seriously just do that over 44 people running around on a patch of grass for 120 minutes yeah yeah and emotions are high people say shit it's it's like people say shit people would say shit on the ground imagine some of the things that are said on the ground imagine some of the things that were said to Shea Bolton after that that happened just imagine that right so people just need to relax and keep it to football or keep it to the subject put it that way it doesn't have to be about football it can be about the weather or whatever just keep it about the subject because that's that's the way that civil people are able to communicate i i'm i feel like there should be harsher penalties on twitter for that type of stuff i, I don't know it's hard to enforce stuff like that, that. that yeah it's just like i want to read twitter to like hear people's just like opinions like i feel like you can't go on it anymore just without seeing some dumb shit that someone's had to put in. it just ruins it th- th- that's what twitter but twitter is the social media for that because it you don't just see what you what you follow on instagram put it this way people are like oh like oh, this is going to be on a tangent but trust me we're like people are gonna people are like oh instagram models are setting unrealistic body expectations for women and for men whatever right hey on Instagram, there's a tab where you can just look at who you're following. My Instagram is full of dog, dog pictures, dog, funny dog videos and memes. That's all my Instagram is because I choose, I filter what I want to see. Instagram for me is the least toxic application on planet Earth. It's great. It's even less toxic than Flappy Golf, right? <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful app because I just see what I want to see. On Twitter and yeah. on Facebook, they recommend shit based off likes and retweets and um suggestions and words and all this stuff so it's maybe it's a twitter thing but it's i don't know i I, honestly instagram's like equally as bad as twitter i don't know maybe it's just i think how so how so maybe it's just because everything's like filtered into just sport like which is where the toxicity comes from but like another thing i I, i'm i'm like are you you talking about like comments on instagram photos yeah i mean yeah comments that's just just don't click on the just there's a there's a thing view all comments just don't click on it is yeah whereas on twitter it will literally come up with a comment underneath the post which does just on your feed which I wonder if that wasn't a thing on Twitter, if it would kill a lot of it. Because I think a lot of people only respond because of a reply to a tweet rather than... If 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 there was a function, I don't know if there is on Twitter, there might be. But if there was a function where you could only see what you follow and everyone, and that was the default setting, Twitter would be a much better place. Yeah, yeah, it would be. And I'm... I feel like there is... I don't know settings notification filters no maybe not doesn't seem like there is but 
I thought that was just a conversation to have because, like, I thought that was probably the worst I've seen all year. I don't, I, I just thought in terms of the scenarios that went on on field, like, for there to be so much, like, I saw after effect from it, I thought it was pretty appalling. Yeah. I yeah, just don't, was, yeah, I, no, I don't think I've seen it that bad. And, you know, like, uh, the Collingwood. I thought even the Collingwood game was much better than that, and it sucks to lose to Collingwood. And I thought that was handled pretty well, even though people were salty. But like, I I, I feel like Collingwood was resolved quickly. I feel like yeah. I feel like I feel like once the game, like an hour after the game, once the emotions calmed down, everyone went back to like, all right, we all we went too far. We did we go too far? Whatever. It was all resolved very quickly. Let's just take Swoop Luke for an example. Everyone loves Luke. Because he's a good guy, right? Well, he hasn't done anything bad to me. He seems like a really good person. And it was all resolved very quickly because it's over a football game, guys. Just relax. Yeah, well, let's hope people actually learn the limits of what is okay and not okay to put on Twitter. But I think that is just a conversation. Let's just not attack people. Let's just live in a happy world, man. Why can't we just be positive? No. We'll win a premiership. Don't worry. And when we do, yeah. we'll, we'll make sure we those people who taunted us don't yeah. know about we'll it. We'll taunt them the back in a very civil way. In a very civil and intelligent and articulate way, yes. Yeah, just handle the hate. Yeah, That's <laughs> what I feel. And like, you know, like following NBA finals where all you get is this, like that is, I think NBA is way more toxic than AFL by like a lot, long way. Well, it's actually equal with EPL nearly, probably like, Oh, yeah. Full-on slander football, for everything. Football Twitter, in terms of, like, European football, is... Is just bad. Up, like, I'm not in the NBA Twitter because I, I don't really follow the sport. But it, if football Twitter, in, like, from the European sphere, is... And, and the, the, good, the good part about not being involved in that sphere is that you can sit back and laugh. But when you're yeah. involved, it's, it's not good. Yeah, I mean... I just think as much as AFL's bad, it could be worse. NBA Twitter can be very racist at times. Very yeah, well, that's racist. America. And it's just... That's America. Like, we're, we're at least lucky that Australia's, like, full of, like, semi-good people, at, at, like, most it's, of the time. Yeah. America's so, just... We're just going to let them leave. Just being bad, out of there. Real so. bad. Well, let's finish this off. Let's just move into the football side again to finish off. Biggest game of the week next week. I don't think it could, well, unless we lose and then we're going to say the St Kilda game is the biggest game of the week. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Freo, I'm feeling confident. I, I don't know why. Like, I, it's I, at Marvel, I think, no? Well, yeah, it's at Marvel. But even if it was the MCG, I'd feel confident as well. I just, like, when you lose to Collingwood and Richmond, like, oh, well, I wasn't in a row, but when you've been this patch, like, I just, I just get this sense they're going to have to bounce back. Like, there's going to be a bounce back game. This yeah, has we've, to had, be. we've had three poor performances. We only beat Essendon because Essendon are the worst side of the AFL by North and West Coast by a country mile. Um, yeah. So, so there'll be a response. There'll be a response. I can, yeah, there has to be. And it will be, like, it will be tough. And it won't be a response yeah. that's beaten by five. Like, it will be... Full grind. It, w- it won't be the Sydney game. Put it that way. No chance. No, it w- I'm. It'll be back and forth. It'll be tense. It'll be close. It'll be 
not looking forward to it. I, I have a feeling it will be similar to what Richmond just did to us, purely because, you know, they lost to us in round one. Review the whole thing. And I think that's the only positive about playing a team twice is you have one, you have a game from the year to review. And it's, yep. Look, I think Freo do play the wider grounds better than the narrow grounds. So I think it, I think it suits us. It's just clean deck, fast deck. Our home ground, there'll be no Freo fans there. Well, you'd think not. It will, it it, it, it's set up for us to, to yeah. get the job done. So. Any ins or outs you want or expect? We don't know because Jack Martin and Sam Durden. If Sam Durden goes down and he's injured, I swear to God. <laughs> no. Well, Kemp has to come in, I guess. In the, yeah, if that's the case, then yeah, yeah. Kemp must play. Unless they want to throw Jack Sauce down there, but put him in the, put him in the sleeves. Get get the band back together. Um, oh jeez. Nah, nah. Kemp Kemp would have to play. Um, and let's just let's just assume Jack Martin goes out, either being omitted or being injured. You can't bring Fogarty in. Do you bring Jack Carroll back into the team? Do you bring Jesse Motlop back into the team? I, th- I guess we're gonna have to see the performances of the VFL. Yeah, and they. I mean. By the time this recording comes out, the VFL just would have played last night. Yeah, so, so we're, we're going to assume like, that we went five goals up at three-quarter time and lost by 12 And points. lost by two, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not even going to that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's all from us. And, you know, if you're a regular listener, you're probably thinking, why is this bloke only record during losses? And I mean, a couple of reasons, because I like to talk about it when we lose, you know. Get the therapy done. Got to get it out. Uh, and uni, uni is a problem to get. And I don't like recording by myself. And, you know, Ari here provides great entertainment to great talk to. And our uni schedules don't really match. So yes, unfortunately. this is why we're recording quite a lot at the moment because we're both on a bit of a break. So there's a bit, a bit of content for the moment. And yes. I'm sure I'll go on a bit of a holiday for six weeks afterwards and then I'll be back to record again. Further grand, grand final review. Correct. They will be here. But catch us on the rest if you haven't. Uh, yes. I've been lucky enough to join Ari as a co-host on the rest on Blue Abroad. So that's every Wednesday, Wednesday, night. Wednesday night. Catch that. And that's just a general AFL talk. Everything else that's happening in the league, that's pretty irrelevant. Yes. But Let's be honest. We're there to talk about it. Yes. But thank you again for joining me, Ari. You're pretty much the regular now on this show it's a pleasure mate i wouldn't be i wouldn't rather be anywhere else (laughs) well um until hopefully next week hopefully i'm back now (laughs) hopefully i'm back again next week until until whatever next time is hope you enjoyed the podcast let's fingers crossed that we can turn around next week and we will see you in the next one yes goodbye